My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Jason. I'm here with my co-host, Bobby, for season two, episode number six. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Yeah, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Long time no talk. We got to get back into this stuff. We got some real stuff going on this week. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> what, what an excitement builder. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, uh, no, I'm just kidding around. No, it's, it's in all seriousness. No, it's good to be back on uh, online with Paramedics Unscripted to, to start the uh, cast out for people who don't uh, know already. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, email is paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. Send us anything you want, especially if you have a dispute or you disagree with what we say or you have another alternative to any topic that we talk about. That would be pretty awesome as well. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you guys have like, uh, if you get a chance, drop us a five-star review. We appreciate all those as well. And continue to tell your friends and coworkers about our podcast so we can keep growing and growing and growing. And buy a cup and a sticker. <laughs> Same if there's the F-bombs that are dropped, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, and, and uh, here, you're ready for a horrible Just se- kidding. Ready for a horrible segue? Yeah. Uh, speaking of F-bombs, let's talk about fentanyl. Oh, you want to talk about fentanyl? Yeah, let's get into it, man. No, I actually think that's a great, uh, you and I were talking before that this would be a great topic because it's something that's in the news constantly and it has been for a while now. And a lot of people don't really know how bad of a street drug it is or how it's, how potent it is. That's, that's the topic I really want to focus on today and how, when it comes to street drugs, and this is one thing that I still can't wrap my head around, especially putting my mind into the mind of a drug dealer is why you would want to split your cocaine or heroin or meth, whatever with fentanyl, because you're going to kill your clientele literally. And how are you going to make any money? Yeah. You're cutting off your own cash from a ridiculous, you know, drug dealer, you know, business mindset. Why would you want to do that? But um, anyway, it's a big topic in the news and it's also a big topic for us on the street because, uh, you know, especially if we have ODs, whether it's, you know, heroin or any type of, you know, powder, opiate or any stimulant like cocaine or crystal meth. You know, there's always a possibility that, you know, it could have been cut with fentanyl with as much because the statistic is now and this is this is a true statistic. And this is what needs to scare people is that because and this a lot of this has to do with the lack. And like I said, I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just telling the truth. The lack of a southern border that we have right now because people are just walking across and they're being shipped anywhere they want to. I mean, literally, no disrespect towards uh, Border Patrol, but it's almost like they're considered like Uber and Lyft drivers for, you know, people that are coming over the uh, the border. They're just, they're just driving, shipping them, and flying them to wherever they want to go. And I, I'm not blaming the Border Patrol. They're just trying to do their job, but they're also – being told that that's what they have to do. You know, if there are any border patrol officers listening, please contact us because we'd like to know the real deal. You know, you know, especially how unprotected the border is. And I know you, you you men and women are doing the best you can, you know, and you're just basically doing everything you need to do, or you're doing everything that you're being let to do, or you're, you're just playing the hand that you're dealt. You know, I get it, but one of the things that's coming across that border with a lot of other drugs, a big thing is fentanyl. And a lot of the fentanyl, it's a street-grade fentanyl, this fentanyl that's like in pill form or powder form. It's literally a lot of it's coming from China, and then it's filtered yeah. through Mexico. Yep. Or it's filtered through middle America, Mexico, and then across into the United States, whether it's Texas, you know, uh, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, whatever. But one of the things that, is scary that really needs to scare people is there is enough fentanyl in this country now to kill every single person in the United States seven times over. 
Yeah, which is crazy when you think about it, you know. Which that, that's how. But it's not. It's it's not. And when I say that, that doesn't mean there's. I mean, yes, there's truckloads. But when you really look at it, it's not truckloads of this stuff like you would think because this drug is so potent it doesn't take much. And this is going to give a little. We give fentanyl out in the field. It's a great drug as far as hospital-grade fentanyl, like the real pharmaceutical fentanyl, not the stuff that's made in China that's filtered in here. But we give liquid form IV fentanyl that – or doctors can prescribe like fentanyl patches, which will go you know, through, the, through the skin. Right, like a transdermal and, patch or whatever. Right, the transdermal patches. But when we give it just IV, and usually when you give a drug an IV opposed to like uh, – you know. IM intermuscular or or sub Q, which is in the subcutaneous and the fat tissue, or uh, or even oral. You know, IV is going to be a lower dose because it's going straight into the bloodstream. Yeah, that's why it's, um, it's more potent because it goes right where it needs to go versus all this other stuff has to get absorbed in another way to get to that point. Right, and if you have and this drug is so potent that we deliver this drug IV, which is going to be a, it's going to be a uh, smaller dose because it's IV compared to like oral or whatnot, but it's, we give it in micrograms. Yeah. We were talking about that pre pre-show actually. That's one of the few drugs we actually give as a medic, at least in the counties that areas that we have worked in. Um, that actually is it just in micrograms. Most, most, most things are milligrams or, or, you know, whatever that kind of stuff, milligram per kilogram or whatever, something like that. But it's, this is one of the only doses of medicine that's like that. That's so small an amount that actually does the job. Right, and that also shows how, how potent it is. And uh, we start out with 25 to 50 micrograms. And to kind of put that, you know, <clears throat> into better optics, it takes, you know, like, for instance, when you're talking about grams, milligrams, and micrograms, there is a 1,000 milligrams in one gram. And there's a 1,000 micrograms in one milligrams. Right. And we give this drug in micrograms. So if we're giving this drug just 25 micrograms, do the math and tell me what that is in milligrams. I mean, that's a minuscule amount. That's going to come out to like 0. 0.00025 milligrams, if my off the cuff my my math is correct. But uh, which is that shows you how potent this drug is. It's it's the it's in such a small dose yeah. that when you have the stuff coming in this country in, say, pill form, or say maybe it's four milligrams to a pill, that's enough to kill somebody. Right. You know, and when you have this drug that's being cut and split and it's being mixed into heroin or cocaine that's being sold on the street or crystal meth, whatever, that's a scary thing. Yeah, that's and, that's the new thing now with the the heroin now is like I know I know just from the news and watching the news and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not in the business anymore. Um, heroin's always been a problem throughout the United States, but now your heroin isn't just heroin anymore, like it was in the '70s or whatever. Now it's heroin, and the new thing is they're lacing it with fentanyl. And if you get some of that stuff, that's where you can uh, end up having a uh, forever ride, you know? Right, and a lot of this fentanyl can pass in the skin, and that's what, like for instance, we've had. Had cops before that uh, have, you know, had somebody for, like, say, a, a junkie that they were arresting or somebody who they didn't realize was a junkie that they had in custody and they uh, were checking their pockets. And even though they asked, do you have any needles in your pockets or anything that I need to be worried about? And they say no. And then they pull out a baggie of a, you know, whiter colored substance and, you know, say it's heroin that the person said they bought in Baltimore City. In Baltimore City, they've been showing a lot of uh, the heroin that's coming through the city. That's a lot of it's been laced with fentanyl. Right. You know, some of the cops have been worried when they like pull it out and it's gotten over their skin. You know, they they've you know had to call us because they're say they don't know or they're in fear that, that you know that they there was a bag of heroin they don't know what it's cut with and you hear the rumors about fentanyl. You know, it's 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 a scary thing. Um, it's. But the, the main thing I wanted to, to talk about, there's a lot of people that ask me about it, or there's a lot of patients, like say I have a patient with chest pain, which my favorite drug for, for pain in general, not only chest pain, is fentanyl, because it's a great drug the way we give it. Right. In a controlled environment, in a controlled setting. And, uh, and it's pure, and you know it's your purity. Right. And, in, and in if there's any 
problems, we have means to reverse it. And of course, you know, when I tell people, look, for your pain, you know, first I ask them if they have any allergies, any medication, and I tell them what drug I would like to give if they have a problem. As soon as they say fentanyl, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Hold on. I'm like, no, 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 no. Easy. I understand you. Yeah, I understand your concern. It's This isn't the, the street stuff you're hearing on, on the news. This is hospital grade in a controlled setting. And by some chance, you had a hypersensitivity to it, and I needed to reverse it. I can't. Right. So, and that's a big thing too. Yeah. Right. Which is a lot of things in, in the drug, but I think we talked about this on an earlier episode too, but a lot of the stuff in our drug box, we have the drug and then we have a, a way to fix it if we need to, like an antidote almost, you know, for a lot of the stuff. And that's important because if you're by yourself, you're, you're SOL unless you get to a hospital or something, but, and, but on a medic unit, like you said, we're doing it, you know, in a certain way, in a certain setting, it is hospital, it's pharmaceutical grade. It's not cut with all this other bullshit. Right. I think, one of the things that people really need to understand, it's the potency. That's what I is not stressed enough in the news. And to put it in pers- into perspective, like I was saying before, IV, we give this stuff in micrograms. That's how potent it is when we have to give it such a small, minuscule dose. That's shit's like jet fuel, in a matter of speaking. Yeah, it's a good analogy. So, so when you have it being sold on the streets – and it's stuff's coming from China filtered through Mexico or whatnot. And like, say they don't, you don't know what the doses of some of these pills are that they're, they're crushed up and then mixed into what other, you know, street drug there is. And you know, there could be a, you know, just one pill could be like four milligrams, which that means that's 4,000 micrograms and of the drug. And we only give it at 25 micrograms. You're, you're that's a lethal dose. that's going to kill you in that one pill. Yeah. And, and, but that, that being said, that that's, if I was speaking in hypotheticals, if that pill was packed with four, say milligrams of fentanyl, right. you know, but it's, it's a, it's, that's what I can't stress enough is people need to understand that's how potent this drug is. And that's what makes it so scary, especially, you know, you had got these kids that are like, say, go to down to Florida for spring break. And, you know, some of these kids will try to score some recreational cocaine, or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, cause I, despite what anybody says, it's going to happen. These kids want to party. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to figure out how to get it. And they're going to find it if that's their thing. And the thing is they're buying something, not knowing what else could possibly be in it or what it could be split with. And that's where, like I was saying in the beginning of this conversation, uh, if I was a drug dealer, that's the last thing I would want to split my cocaine or heroin with is because it's like, then you're not going to have repeat customers because you're going to kill them. Right. You're killing off your clientele. (laughs) So that leads me to believe it's like they, maybe some of these dealers don't know what they have or maybe if they're, yeah, I mean, it's, you just don't know. And it's just, a lot of it doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's happening all over the place. And so whenever, if you're out there and you're listening and you're, you, you know, you're someone who likes to say, you know, snort free base cocaine or, you know, do record, certain recreational drugs on the side, you need to think about that for a second because you don't know what's split with that drug and that could be your last time. And uh, if you really think about it, that's a scary thing. Yeah, we had that. Um, I, we might have talked this on a previous episode. I don't remember. But uh, we have that in Stafford with uh, heroin, and we had tons and tons of – we had a big heroin pandemic thing going on, uh, not to use that pandemic word again, but um, we had a whole bunch of that stuff going on. We had a lot of deaths. Like every tour, which would be three 24-hour shifts, we would have at least uh, one or two deaths a tour. Um, there was a big Narcan shortage because of it and all this other stuff going on. But we found out later on um, through talking to people and police and stuff like that, they found out it was being laced with bleach, and that's how um, – it, that's how it was killing people because it was, you know, obviously that's horrible to shoot in your own veins. And that was something that something with, you know, that's what was going on. Cause we had whole, so many. And I was like, wait a minute, we've always had people doing heroin. Why are they all of a sudden just dying now? You know? And, and that's, right, what, and that's, that's why we talked about it. Sorry. I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. You're no. good. I was just saying, that's how, that's how we eventually figured out. Cause I started running guys that were not calling for drug overdose reasons, but they were druggies, you know, that you talk to people, they, they will tell you things. And I would interview them, you know, while I'm discussing them and or discussing what's going on with whatever their problem is. And they would tell me you they're a drug dealer. I was like, oh, cool. Hey, well, I have you here. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. And I'm not a cop, so I don't care if you do drugs. I could care less. Um, 
you know, and I'd ask them like, oh yeah, there was a bad batch we've been getting that had this stuff. And I was like, oh, and I kept hearing that from multiple people, not just one source, you know? I was like, oh, interesting. And I would talk to the cops about it. I was like, hey, have you guys heard this? Because they're like, yeah, we've heard rumors about that. I was like, okay. So. You know, because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of these drugs, especially like we'll use cocaine as an example. A lot of like, a, you know, you'll take say, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to sound, you know, controversial here. I'm just giving you the straight skinny when it comes to, you know, because Jason and I have dealt with a lot of these street drugs on the street, you know, especially dealing with patients. So you, you get to see a lot of shit you wouldn't normally see. And uh, when it comes to cocaine and heroin, I mean, a lot of these dealers will like say from their supplier, they'll say buy a key of cocaine. And I can't stress enough what I'm about to say here. Don't, I'm not trying to put anything in anybody's heads. I'm just, I'm just giving you the straight skinny. You know, you'll, they'll take a key of cocaine and then they'll, they'll, they'll cut it and they'll split it with another substance such as baby powder, um, baby laxative that's of the same color powder form. Um, uh, some people have used rat poison, which is usually arsenic. Um, right. uh, some people will use uh, aspirin, you know, just or, or just straight flour or whatnot. And, uh, you know, to increase their supply so they can sell more. Because, yeah, they, so can they, make, they can make double the money for like one right. the price of the one kilo, basically. Right. They can take a kilo, which is pure, and then they can expand it out by splitting it. And so they're going to make more money, more, you know, more profit. And, you know, they're going to have those customers that are going to keep coming back. That's why when you put in the fentanyl, throw that in the mix, it doesn't make any sense from a uh, dealer standpoint because you're not going to have any repeat customers a lot of times because they're going to die. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't proclaim that uh, drug dealers are probably the smartest people on the planet necessarily. Well, but I mean, when you're like you business, think. yeah, no, they're smarter than you think. But like, like you said, like your business model, that that, I mean, you want to cut it with like something that's not harmful. I, I don't know, flowers harmful or not to snort or whatever. But you know, if you're something like that, that's a, a household item that isn't, you know, that I don't agree they should do it anyway. But I can right. understand their method to cutting it to make more things, and it's not really hurting anybody. They're just making more money and giving you fifty percent grade cocaine or something versus hundred percent. But right. that's different than and putting something that, there that will kill it, you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot of it is uh, you know it's split with a lot of a lot of times like flour because that's probably one of the cheapest things you can buy to split it with. But um, get that shit at Costco. Sure. <laughs> buy that in bulk, man. Yeah. No, but that that being said, we're not trying to you know <laughs> we're not trying to. <laughs> Give an instruction manual how to do this. That's not the point. The point is that you know now with fentanyl mixed in there, you just don't know what you're gonna get, and that's what makes it so dangerous. And uh, it's it's a big topic now. I get asked this question all the time. That's that's one big thing that you know a lot of people that I know ask me about. What is what is about the fentanyl? Why are, why is everybody dying? Well, you know the reason being is it's such a potent drug. Yeah, because like you said, it does scare it does scare real people who really need the real pharmaceutical grade in various situations, like like you said, EMS or hospital setting, and it makes right. them more timid about it and more scared of that when that's not the same thing at all. And also, mm-hmm. again, I don't we don't think you should be doing drugs on paramedics unscripted. However, if you are someone that does that kind of stuff, then that comes into like really knowing your dealer and making sure you're really getting the good stuff, you know, um, because that could be difference between just having some fun and then killing yourself. Damn, bro, you're speaking from experience. Shit. <laughs> not from drugs, not from drugs, but, but no, I mean, I, I'm you know, but talking to like talking to a lot of the guys, cause you would do, you know, you go do these calls and you see a lot of the guys, men and women that go and use this stuff like that. And they, you know, you have to trust your person, you know, and if they're giving you crap, it's killing. Like we used to tell, I mean, I remember, I specifically remember a call, you know, during that time period of heroin where, um, we did back-to-back heroin overdoses, right? And the guy, right. the first call, the guy died, okay? And um, we CPR'd him and took him to the hospital. He's dead. And then we go out again. We clear the hospital eventually, and then uh, and we go out and we get another one. And we, you know, push Narcan on this guy. This guy comes back around, and we're talking to him. And, of course, they do the whole, um, we've, we've talked about this a little bit before, but they do the whole thing of, like, oh, I didn't do narcotics. I didn't do any of that stuff. And we're like, oh, you did heroin. We we found you with a needle in your arm and like, like whatever. And it said heroin on it. You know, like it didn't say heroin, on it, but you get my point. Like you, you know, they try to lie about it stuff. And we're like, look, dude, we pushed a drug that only stops an op- opiate overdose. 
It doesn't do anything else to your body. So the only way you went from unconscious to conscious now with us pushing this drug is because this is on board. And, and opiate. Don't say it's heroin, but it's an opiate. And and they would not, and eventually they tell you what was going on and stuff. And we would tell them these stories like, hey man, look, I'm, I, again, your lifestyle is your lifestyle. I'm not here to preach whether you should do drugs or not. I don't think you should, but you know what I mean? That's your business. But here's the thing. A lot of people are fucking dying from this. And they're like, yeah, I heard that, but that's not, da, da, da. and then you're like, oh, cool. Cause we did a guy just before you that was the same thing and he died. And, and the guy was like, oh shit. You know? And then he's like, wait, was he on this cot? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Same, same one. We were running a CPR on this cot 20 minutes ago. And he's like, well, it, and then he, it freaked him out though, because that brought it, you know what I'm saying? Like all this other stuff didn't yeah. matter to him talking, but when he realized he's on the cot cushion that this other dead guy was just on 20, 30 minutes ago, whatever, when we cleared the hospital, you see what I'm saying? Like that brought it home to him. And he's like, oh damn. I was like, yeah. So look again, your lifestyle is your choice with that stuff. But, but like be aware that it's, it's real. This isn't something that, you know, may me not, may not happen to you. This is something that if you play the game long enough is going to get you. It, yeah. And it's not just limited to cocaine and heroin or crystal meth. It's limited. I mean, if you, if you're a clubber and you go to the club and you, you know, you're an ecstasy person, you yeah, know, like all like, the rave or, drugs or, and stuff. Or, you know, ecstasy, molly, you know, LSD, whatever. You don't know. Or if you're someone that, that's like some college student who wants to score some Adderall and you don't know what you're getting, that's the problem. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. And you're rolling the dice. And it's it's just, if anybody's out there and they are into that type of thing or lifestyle or they do it every occasionally, please think of that the next time you do it. Yeah, there's because you just don't know. I mean, before you didn't know all what you were getting. You're still rolling the dice, but even more so now because if that, like I said before, if that doesn't scare people, that the statistic is now that there's been enough fentanyl moved into this country from the southern border to kill every single citizen in this country seven times yeah. over. Well, it's like you said, if you have like a like a four milligram pill, and like you said, that's whatever gazillion times more than a lethal lethal dose if you took it all at once kind of thing i mean yeah that's how you four, get that. yeah four mill four milligram pill is four thousand micrograms and our starting dose is 25 micrograms right so then you do the math like four thousand divided by 25 and get a number or whatever that i don't i'm not a math person but yeah that's where you get that stuff that's why it gets so high so quick and that's just one pill and you know four milligram tablet's small you know, <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying so I mean, that, that was four milligrams that four milligrams could kill a group of people yeah you know, yeah. and that that's it's just it that's how and it, and you think about it, it doesn't take many of those pills for you know it to to be in the circulation to where you know it could you know that that that's just a scary thing yeah and i don't mean i don't mean to harp too much about that but it's just i think it's something that's important that needed to be talked about i know we you know we've uh kind of dived in on it before but not in maybe in as much detail but it's something that i'm asked all the time yeah is is you know what what I know about this drug? It's like well, I know quite a bit because I've I've, I've had experience giving this drug for years, and um, just like a lot of other people out there that, that work in in this this business, they you know fentanyl is is a, is a great drug giving in in a, in a medical setting, but as a recreational drug, you're rolling the freaking you're no you're you're playing Russian roulette. If you don't know what you're doing or you don't know how much you should be taking or how much you have, you know that's that's a lethal situation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Damn right. <laughs> well, it, it's important to know, like, people that have children and stuff like that. Like, I have a young, oh, yeah. young, young daughter and stuff, and, you know, you get to that point where you have to start teaching them about that kind of stuff, you know, you know to not do that stuff. And to not obviously not to do it in general, but also to be wary of that stuff when people, because, you know, we've all been there in our childhoods when you have opportunities to do stuff, and you really have to be aware of that stuff, you know? Not and experimentation is, I mean, especially college kids. And, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. we were both, we were both in college, you know, you experiment when you're in college. It, it's just something, it's just what you do. You know, and, and people do it in different ways and people do different things. But a lot of college kids, especially when it's college parties or you go out clubbing or you just go out to bars or whatever, and, you know, you've got someone there that has a little bit of substance that you want to try. You've never tried it before. You get peer pressured into it, whatever. you just don't know in this day and age if that's going to be your last time. Yeah. Even more so now. 
Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's get, getting back. Half the time, people don't know what's in what they have, or they think they have one thing and they have another. Well, and you know more about that than I do because it, 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 with the fentanyl part of it, because where I was, we didn't it, back when I was there, um, we didn't even give fentanyl um, as a as a, a drug on the ambulance that we could even give. Uh, but also, it wasn't the big hype of what they were lacing stuff with back then either. Yeah, I'm sure they did it back then, but it wasn't the big thing. You know what I mean? My our, our area was more just heroin, just heroin, and then it was laced with they said bleach. But yeah, it's it's a it's a interesting topic for sure. Something to be thinking of. Well, let's get in. Let's move on, man. Let's get into uh, Bobby's rant. Let's get into it, man. I'm feeling it today. Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it. Well, first of all, I want to apologize. I've been told quite a bit that I say, you know, a lot. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But that being said, yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, I think you wanted to stress on Jason was uh, was the uh, current situation in uh, Ukraine. Well, my my thing was um, okay. Let's let's go down this. So I so I was driving going around on. Are you gonna are you gonna, are you gonna drop down that rabbit hole? Yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit down it. I'm gonna go with my part of it at least. With like I was I'm okay. on I'm on Facebook all the time because my jobs and stuff like that. I have to go in there and do stuff. Right. So I'm on Facebook, I'm scrolling through, uh, whatever the different stuff in there. And I saw a post from a, a national, you know, our local news TV station here, which is one of the, you know, I don't know if it was Fox, NBC, CBS, I don't remember, but it was one of those main ones. And, um, they had a post on there saying, uh, with a picture of, uh, Dr. Fucktard and, uh, and saying, that, yeah, yeah. And they were saying that, uh, that, hey, be, be aware, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something Wait, like... Wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. Wait, he's in the news again? I, I thought I saw him on a milk carton the other day because he's freaking MIA. Yeah, well, well, this is probably an old photo. <laughs> but they were saying that he was he was stating that, be, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, basically that in the next two or three weeks, you know, next several weeks, we'll say, um, be prepared for coronavirus or the coronavirus or Omicron or whatever they're pushing this point um, to start ramping back up. That was the whole headline you know the, the clickbait Jeez. stuff they want to click on and i got pissed like audibly pissed you know and no one was home with me when i did this but i was audibly pissed um and the reason i got pissed is like i'm look i i'm not trying to like if you want to have your own belief system about whatever you want to believe in that's your business okay but right no fucking re- excuse me for cussing here but fuck off no fucking real but <laughs> vi- this virus okay we all agree that coronavirus is a real virus we all we all agree with that okay I don't believe that it's, I believe it's taken way out of comp, uh, comp, uh, content and made to be way worse than it is. Okay. That's my personal, this is Jason speaking, my, my personal opinion. Either way, whatever your belief is, whether you believe in that or you don't, that's great. You can have your own opinion. There's no way that the, the Omicron virus, the Omicron variant, excuse me, is, gives a fuck whether or not Russia has gone to war with the Ukraine or sorry, with Ukraine. No, they right. the a virus doesn't care about that. So, in my belief, it's a, it's it just annoys me that there are people out there that I hope I hope we're getting smarter as as just a society in general. To look, they they're trying to push this whole war thing because we left all our crap in you know Iran or Iraq or whatever, and now they're trying to build maybe try to get us involved in that so we can build up this industrial complex shit again and do all this nonsense and no one's buying it anymore. And then you're telling me now, all of a sudden, since that's dying down and people aren't like all like, yeah, let's go to war again. Cause that'd be fun. We should do that again for 20 years. That's a great time. You know, no one's doing that. That also now they're like, Oh, Oh really? Okay. All right. We're going to just push that slider up on that COVID thing and just get that amped up again. Get everybody back in fearful. mind. I, I just don't understand it. I, I just, I just, I don't understand it. I think it's over with. I think we're done. Do I believe people really died from it? Yes, I don't think anywhere close to the numbers that really that they say people died from it are exclusively just from that virus. I think it was a lot of comorbidity stuff with it. Um, again, it needs to be treated like the flu. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I believe. So, I, and, and and if you don't agree with me, that's fine. That's your right. I respect anybody's opinion on it. I'd love for anybody that you know, if you want to call and talk about it, or you want to email and say your piece, that's great. I respect it. Okay, um, but this is that's it. Just made me so mad that like we're just. We're going to be like, oh, because no one really seems to care that like 
you know, they're like pushing this whole war thing and we're kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go get food. I'm hungry. I'm going to go get dinner, take out. You know what I mean? And we're all kind of doing the normal, we're getting back to like somewhat like the normal kind of activity stuff. And then they're like just trying to do that scare meter, just brewing it right back up. Oh, it's coming. And now they'll come up with some new, whatever's after Omicron, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever they decide. They'll have, I'm sure they'll have some new variant or something that comes out that they're going to be like, oh, you know, it just, it just pissed, it just pissed me the fuck off. Cause I'm well, just like, think- I'm like, how, how dumb do you have to be? And this is just my opinion again, but how dumb do you have to be to just keep listening to this nonsense? You know, again, not saying it's not real, not saying it's not a real virus, but come on, man. What are the, uh, again, it goes back to the whole thing that we talked come about on, other podcasts. No, it goes back to like I said on another podcast, where's the end game. That's all I want to know. If it's real, there should be, there's got to be an end game somewhere. We're not just going to, what are we going to do? Go through all the whole fucking alphabet. And then, and I don't, what do you do in a hurricane thing when they go, do they just recycle back to a, when it gets to like the Z hurricane? Is that, I don't, I don't know, but if they, are we just going to go back through a and then start all the way down, but you can't call it Delta because it's already called Delta. So you have to come up with some other thing, you know, dickhead or whatever. Like that's dumb. Like just, sorry. Let me ask you a question, JP. And, Dude, I love it when you get fired up, man. Oh, just this, this this segment this segment should be called JP's rant. <laughs> Jason's rant. Jason's rant. Yeah, Jason's rant. No, let me ask you a question, bro. Um, and this will make complete sense to you, especially because of what you had to do when you were in this line of work. Say you went to somebody's house. A call went out for a medical emergency, and you you know left the station. You know responded lights and sirens to someone's house, and you get there, and it was say a a patient who was a family member that's visiting from out of the country. We'll say from uh, I don't know Far East somewhere. We'll just use that as an example, not to pick on the Far East or anything like that. Sure. And uh, the family member says, "Yeah, my my sister is positive for." For TB, tuberculosis. Okay. Which is highly contagious. What's the first thing you're going to do? Well, to uh, well, for, I already have gloves on, of course. I always was a big proponent of, you know, the scene safe BSI, which means um, scene safe, make sure there's no one there to kill you, and then BSI, body substance isolation. So the first thing you're going to do as a medic, you're all, and this goes to EMT. Most cops do this in some way or another, too. You're going to have gloves on, okay? Medical, oh, for us, we would have medical-grade gloves on. Well, um, past so, all that, what's oh, the first thing you're going to do to protect your, your respiratory? I'll put a mask on them. I'll put an I, or I could put an N95 mask on me. You're not going to walk in with an N95 mask on, most likely. I mean, that's well, a weird you idea. Didn't, you didn't know right, 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 right. That, that'd be oh, weird no. to just randomly like, oh, here, here, your leg's broken? Let me put on my mask. Like, no. But if you have one on your person or in your bag or whatever you're probably going to put that on and then you're going to put one on them i would probably put one on them i put one on me first and then next immediately right after is going to be them because once you put it on them you're kind of containing the whole situation right and would you agree that one of the big reasons why we started wearing n95 masks out on the street or we were fitted for them because people don't realize you have to be you can't just pull an n95 mask and expect it to work you have to be fitted for a particular size whether it's small, medium, or large. Yeah, I I, I, I got in a big discussion. We might have talked about this too, but uh, with my wife once about that when when this whole stuff started, because um, they were talking about that where she works, like getting them and stuff like that. I was like, you have to be fitted. You understand that, yeah. right? You can't just go buy a hundred masks and hand them out to your hundred employees and then say like, oh, we're good. We all have masks. Yeah, it's well, not a it's not a Halloween mask. It doesn't work that way. You know. You would agree. You would agree that tuberculosis is highly contagious, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you would agree that you would not want to wear anything but an N95 mask being around that patient, correct? Yeah, especially once you know and, about it, because half the and, that, have- and once and once that patient gets in the hospital, they are going to isolate them in an isolation room with exhaust air circulation, correct? Yeah, absolutely. With a negative airflow room, right? That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't connect to the airflow in any other system uh, in the house in the in the house in the hospital. Now, answer me the answer me this question. We have people coming in and out of this country all the time that are positive for TB, tuberculosis, mm-hmm. even sick. And I'm not talking just carriers. I'm talking about that are highly contagious and sick. How come we haven't created this whole pandemic scenario over something like that? Because that will spread like wildfire if you let it. Yeah. Why aren't... Why aren't uh, and that's it, it can be deadly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Why aren't why? How come we've never treated 
that type of scenario the same as we are this COVID shit. I, I think it's because they can't, you, you know, you have a, you have an opportunity to make a new vaccine in which I, I, like I said, I've always said from the beginning, pharmaceutical companies and oil companies run the world. Um, so you have a way to make a new vaccine and a lots of testing kits. So you have all that different amount of money you can make off all those items, you know, and make a pan, you know, make the whole thing like scary and everybody has to do it. That's what I think personally, because like what you said, I mean, I've been through and you've done the same thing with your career in my career. I went through AIDS, HIV, uh, swine flu, TB, uh, anthrax. I was, I did, um, like when the anthrax thing happened and they had the people go in and decon it in the DC area at that time I was working at private animals and I did the vitals for the guys that were, you know, before and after they got suited up in their, in their uh, Tyvek suits to go in there and do that. So I was there, I mean, we were there every day for 12 hours and every time they had to come out, they get to get revitalized and stuff like that. Um, I've been around all that stuff, man. Um, obviously we weren't in like the hot zone. I mean, I'd be dumb. Well, that's how, that's but, how, but I'm saying like, I've been around people. That's how people came to know about Cipro because that was the main antibiotic that would treat antibiotics. Right, they were put. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, but but what I'm saying is like, you know, I, I that's the only thing I can come up with as far as why this one was different, just because they could push all this new stuff to make all this money. Because look at how much money they're making on the vaccines, the double dose vaccines, the back to two dose vaccines plus boosters. And there, like I said, and we talked about this in another podcast, there's no end game to boosters either. Just, as long as we keep using them, they'll keep coming out with some new booster. You know what I mean? So that's, well, that's point, what I my think. My point is. is, my point is, there are far more worse things than this so-called, you know, whatever variant of the COVID-19 that we're talking about that are far worse that run rampant in this country all the time. And we never treat it like an epidemic. Right. We never do. Yeah, I agree. And um, it, it, you know, and population's been fine. Well, it's it's like, like I, I am I am more I am more afraid of of tuberculosis than I ever will be of any of the, you know, the coronavirus. Well, it, and it goes. And, you know, I've had Corona. I've had I've had Corona two times. You know, and and like I said before in another podcast, I, the second time I got it was several months after I was vaccinated. And it was worse than the first time. And, uh, you know, so anybody out there that still believes all the dogma that's being, you know, plugged out there that if you get the, if you get the vaccine, you're just going to get a lighter case and it's not going to be as bad. That's complete bullshit. But I also think like getting to your point, which you were talking about how I think a lot of this, if you notice when Biden had his state of the union address a number of weeks ago, which was a complete, like mess. <laughs> well, I will give him credit. We'll give him credit. He didn't fuck up as much as I thought he was going to. He actually was able to put two sentences together. So yeah, I give him, I give him his props, you know, but he, you notice he said in that state of the union address, it was like, he was basically shooing COVID to the side and telling people that they, you know, that, that masks weren't a requirement anymore, basically saying it wasn't, we, you know, now all of a sudden we have science saying it's not bad, even though, the thing that most people should still take a look at is no matter what they tell you, they still really can't produce any science to back up what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and this includes, especially includes Dr. Fucked up Fauci. He, I don't even understand why we're still listening to this bureaucrat. He is the, the longest he's, I think he's what the, the federal employee who's got, he's the, the longest federal employee that's still on the payroll. Yeah. Somewhere he's up and there for sure. Like I said, the one question I'd like to ask Fauci is when was the last, you know, and I've said this before on this podcast, when was the last time you treated a patient? That's what I said the first time we talked about it. I was like, yeah, when, when was the last time you treated, when, when was the last time you've actually dealt with these patients? Like, what's your on the news? Well, he was on the news. He's been MI ever since, you notice, ever since the State of the Union address when. All of a sudden, because it's a, it's a it's a voter season now, and Biden's trying to everything that he was speaking out against. Now he's trying to gain more votes, you know, or for for the Democratic Party to gain more votes, you know, on on stuff when it comes to COVID and whatnot. They're trying to say, well, you know, and this was this was all Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, who basically became a tyrant because of the you know the trucker situation the, the in Canada, which was bullshit. Yeah, he's an asshole. Which was you know he he became a. He basically became a tyrant. 
he became a dictator. Yeah, a dictator. Yeah. And what he was doing, but when it was backfiring, all of a sudden he retreated. You know, and but that shows you what the power of the people could do. But um. Well, yeah, the government, a government, any government. Well, I guess maybe not a dictator. Right. But when they, like, when, they're when, supposed to work for you. They're supposed to be your people working. You know. And that's what people need to remember. That, especially that, in this. In I mean, this country, and I, when I say this country, I'm talking about the United States. I mean, this is this. Is, hold on, hold on. This is what I used to say, and we've talked about, it, and you always laugh about this. This is what I used to say where I worked in my former department, where we had the admin building people, and mm-hmm. I, we called it the pleasure palace. Okay, that's what we called it because they just sit around there, and I don't know what the fuck they do. They make good money, and they don't do anything. Okay, and I used to tell them, and I, I used to go talk to the chief and and talk about different things that were going on, and like try to get stuff resolved in a better way for everybody. Um, and they don't care because they're not in the streets, so they don't really care. They didn't care what was going on. You know, they didn't, they, they're just out of touch of reality, you know? And I used to tell them, I was like, Hey, you're my bitch. That's how this really works. Like I'm in the field. I'm doing the real job. I'm making you millions and millions of dollars every year on doing transports. Okay. Which you're billing. And then we talked about that already, how they do the third party billing to do that. Right. And then you're my support staff. So technically you're my bitch, even though you're really a higher ranking person than me for whatever so it's a weird system like that. Same thing. I look at the same thing with the government. Like they're, they're supposed to do stuff to make us as a society better. But I think with the bureaucratic stuff, like you said, and the money that comes becomes available in certain situations, I think things change that way, you know? Well, I, I think that, uh, yeah. And to your point, when getting back to, uh, Dr. Fauci and COVID and whatnot, how it suddenly just all of a sudden disappeared for the time being. You know, we didn't see anything from Dr. Fauci for like a number of weeks after Biden's State of the Union address. Which, if you don't, if you, if you as a, is you, hold on, I'm getting pissed again. If you, oh, wait, 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 <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, because since it is a election season, you know, as far as you know, House of Representatives and Senate, and whatnot, um, Democratic Party and the Republican party, they're going to, you know, sway certain beliefs or certain, certain things that they've talked about because they want to gain more votes. So they're going to sway from the bullshit and dogma they've been pushing for the past several years. And they're going to try to gain more votes by saying, Hey, you know, like, like, like Biden was saying in his state of the union address, basically he was how defunding the police is not the way to go when, you know, he felt differently before. And, um, you know, and, and all this other bullshit, you know, it's basically saying the exact opposite of the stuff he was plugging prior to that state of the union address. So all of a sudden you notice after that, especially when he was basically talking about COVID, like it basically wasn't as much of a problem as it was before. And, and then the mask mandates were going to be pretty much kind of 86th in a lot of places. And it, it, things were going to go back to normal and all that. And of course, right after that state of the union address, you didn't hear, you didn't even, you didn't see anything from Dr. Fauci on any of the networks, especially CNN and MSNBC, which he was on constantly. Um, he just disappeared. And it was a joke because, you know, yeah. people were like these memes with him on a milk carton and all that were showing up. And, and you didn't, everybody's like, you know, like kind of like the old where's Waldo things like where's Fauci, you know, no, it was just kind of a joke. But now, like you said, he all of a sudden resurfaced. And this was after, you know, because all the focus was on Ukraine and Russia. So it was almost kind of like the whole epidemic, the whole the whole uh, COVID situation was kind of put to the side like it didn't really exist momentarily. Um, Which is not real of a virus. <laughs> right. So it, it, so it just, but mark my words, as soon as, the situation in uh, in the Ukraine calms down. They're gonna fire that back up. They're gonna fire that machine back up. Oh yeah, they'll fire it up harder, and, and they'll have a new variant. That's why, yeah, and that's why you're seeing Dr. Fauci all of a sudden appear now and yeah. talking. And, and people, you know, and I hate saying this because I don't like dogging people, but if people are just talking a bunch of bullshit, I'm gonna dog them. And I, I'm gonna say this, and if we get censored, I don't give a shit. That man. Why people still listen to him, I don't care what he did back in the 80s as far as HIV and AIDS. You know, I'm talking about now. What he's talking about, there are so many other people that are being censored that are more able and qualified to talk about the situation than he ever will be. And I'm talking about people that were the inventors of, you know, the mRNA science and and, and who are – who have – so much more knowledge when it comes to virology and epidemiology 
than he ever will. And but he's constantly the go-to fucking poster boy. Yeah, he's their puppet. That's and and I like I said, I'm tired. I'm tired of holding it in. He just he needs to shut the fuck up. I don't know why people still listen to him. They look. It's like some of these people still look at him like he's the Pied Piper, well, and they believe everything he says. Well, he they this whole thing. And some of them were mentors of mine, like former mentors of mine that think that he's like the next thing since God. Yeah. And it's like what what is it's like what what are you doing? I lost all respect for this whole thing when when the when the CDC like you know had all their data, whatever, on their website, on cdc.gov. And then all of a sudden, one day, with no news coverage whatsoever, of course, it changed to, oh, well, actually, only 0.6% of people that have had, you know, COVID, along with maybe other things, whatever, only 6.6.6, not 6, 0.6% of people who actually died of just COVID. Only 0.6. And that was, they updated it on their website. CDC.gov was updated on their website. And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. This whole thing is bullshit. Not, and I don't believe, and you know, I understand that people can make mistakes and data, and I've heard the excuses of like, well, more data was coming in. No, the data always had that because they've been, I mean, if it, they were already trying to manipulate the data the whole time. That's why they were giving financial incentives to like saying they had COVID, saying, you know, to push it with the, and all that stuff. Like, it's bullshit, dude. The whole thing's bullshit. And then on this, on top of all that, that okay, that's one thing. So you can, you know, pick whatever side you want on that argument there, right? Okay. But now, now everybody here is like all excited about COVID. There's certain people that are still excited about it, right? And that's fine. That's your business. And you have the right to have, feel, have that opinion. Okay. But then your, your leader, your God in this sense, uh, uh, who, who you believe and you, everything he says is, you know, awesome. Um, he then stops talking about it because there's a, a war possible war thing going on, or there's a war going on, but you know, I mean, it could get bigger. It could become like a huge deal, uh, bigger than it already is. And that goes on. All of a sudden the virus just dies down. There's no issues with the virus anymore. Don't even worry about taking masks off, you know, go out to eat. Don't worry about all the other nonsense. And, and then all of a sudden now that that's possibly looks like it, hopefully will not become a, as big a deal as it could become with the, with the war in the Ukraine. Then now all of a sudden they're like, Oh, just be advised in a couple of weeks, we're going to be ramping all the shit up, get prepared to stay. You know what I mean? Like, and if, and if you believe, if you're one of those people that that's your leader that you've chosen to side with, and that's fine. But it, come on, man, it's a fifth grader could figure this out at this point. It's all, well, it's all theatrics, man. It's all theatrics. It's all well, as far, as far as the situation in with Russia and the Ukraine, People, everybody's going to have their own opinions on that. And but the one thing I want to stress is, and this is something that needs to be said. And I don't think it's said enough. Maybe I'm the wrong person to do it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Think about this for a second. We have an administration, and I don't care what side of the fence politically you're sitting on because Jason and I are both middle of the road. So we're not for anybody's side. We're just for the only side we sit on is right and wrong. You know, right is right. Wrong is wrong. Yep. And, but look at it this way. Maybe you're from a different point of view. You have an administration who, as soon as they came into office, they, they cut the continuing construction on the Keystone pipeline. They made us we were in, we were energy independent for the first time in years. And as soon as this administration came into, into office, they completely cut that as well. We have a border that is being ignored. Ignored. And where we and it's not a joke anymore. We've got cartel wars at the border. We've got, you know, God bless the Border Patrol and Homeland Security that have their hands full and they can't keep up with it, you know, no matter what, because it's just a constant flow. We've got people coming across this border. And, and granted, I'm the type of guy where this is America. You know, I totally get people want to come to this country for a better life or to better their life, you know, and I'm all for that. You just got to do it the right way. And um, we've got people coming in this country that we don't know who they are. We don't know what they have, and if COVID is such a big deal, why aren't they being tested? That's a big thing. If they could have COVID, they're spreading it around, especially the people that are constantly saying we have to wear a mask all the time or the people that aren't vetting these people. Right, you but, know, it, but if you travel theory. out of the country as a following the rules person, you have to get all that stuff to come back. And yeah, Right. Why, yeah, why are you going to tell me, like, why are you going to tell me that I have to wear a mask on a plane when you're letting people just walk across the border untested? 
It doesn't make any sense. There's a lot. That's my whole point. A lot of this just doesn't make any sense. You've got a vice president, which I don't even have to name her name. Everybody knows who she is, who completely ignores the border, dr- flies over the border to go to Middle America, to, she's, to where she says is one of the roots of the problem with the border. She, com- you know, she she does she doesn't even go to the border in Texas, and but. As soon as something happens in Eastern Europe and Ukraine, which and when I what I'm about to say, you know, God bless the innocent Ukrainian and Russian people who are getting caught in the middle of all this stuff. You know, they're the ones, the innocent people that are getting that are suffering the most. And, you know, I can't even I can't even express how horrible that is. But I can't help but not say that you've got an administration that won't even help their own country or deal with their own border, yet they're going to go fight for a border in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Team America and, world police. We've said that before. Cause yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And everybody's going to have their own opinion. But one thing I would stress on people, if you want, don't listen to the mainstream media. And, I, and when I say that I'm talking about, I'm even talking about Fox for all you Fox listeners who think Fox is different. No, they're not. It's like if you if what what's happening here is there's a narrative being sold when we're not give we're not being given the whole story and the best way you can the best thing you can do to learn the whole story is do your own research especially when it comes to the history of Ukraine especially when it comes to the situation that had to do with Crimea back in 2014 2014-2015 and then everything up until now one of the things that needs to be asked is why is Ukraine so important, especially to the United States, when one they're not a they're not a NATO country, and NATO's a whole different story. I, 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 I don't believe in NATO. Um, NATO's a whole. It's like Ukraine's not a NATO country. They don't even want to be a NATO country. So, but you've got all these puppet politicians that are basically pushing for World War Three, and it's like you're pushing for World War Three. When you don't even want to take care of your own country, but you're pushing for World War III for a country that's in Eastern Europe that when you can't even take care of your own backyard. Yeah, and why aren't the why aren't the, why aren't the NATO allies that are way closer to that like doing anything? You know, that's the other thing too. We don't need we don't need to go all across the world to always police all, everything all the time. Well, yeah, and it's when, just, when we're like not said, perfect, like you said, indoors, our, our house indoors is in shambles. We have, you know, homeless people over the place, veterans uh, that can't get medical care from the VA um, because exactly. that system's not run very well. And you have all this other stuff going on. But then we're like, oh, wait, some other country. Yeah, let's go let's dump. That's why I said the military, military industrial complex is probably the third one of the money schemes that runs the world because they just want it. They just want to build that back up. If we can get back into a fight, let's get back into fight. You know, give out these right. contracts to everybody, rebuild everything that we left overseas anyway. But the mainstream, the mainstream media, especially, you know, all they want to push is, you know, that that Russia's bad, 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 and uh, you know, basically Vladimir Putin's Hitler 2.0. When do I think Putin's a great guy? No. Do I think he's Hitler 2.0? Absolutely fucking not. You know. That being said, like I said, just said, I don't. Do I think he's a great guy? No. Has he done bad things? Yes. But so have we. You know, and I think this is where I'm my point I'm trying to make when I say we're not being told the whole story is we're not. And what a lot of people need to understand about the Ukraine, the Ukraine has been that's why when you hear people like Mitt Romney, Nancy Pelosi and uh, the Bidens and John Kerry, when they start they're if you if you notice, a lot of them are the, the ones that are you know, pushing for certain things to happen in this Ukraine situation. Why is that? Could it be that each of them has a, has a, as a son or daughter that's on, you know, an energy company board that happens to be, you know, in the Ukraine. Do they have money interests over there? I think so. And also what's not being talked about is how the Ukraine's been a money laundering hub for the elite for years. Is that really why we're so interested in Ukraine, or are we really interested in helping the people? And that's what I think is not being talked about. You know, you know, there's certain aspects of the history of Ukraine that aren't being talked about. How there's, there's a certain neo-Nazi Nazi influence that, that 
has been infiltrated into government in the past and into the military. That's not being talked about. But of course, when you do talk about it, you're sold as a conspiracy theorist or whatnot. But if you actually do your history and research, it's actually true. And the other thing, you know, if, if Putin, if, if the narrative is that Putin wants to reestablish the old Soviet Union, that's his dream. And uh, he, want, he, he wants to take over Ukraine and bring them back into Russia or whatnot. If that was his true goal, he could have steamrolled that whole country two weeks ago. Full if he went full blow. Yeah, it would already been but done. Already. Been, but he's been doing surgical strikes, you know. And of course, about two and a half weeks ago, I talked about well, there's rumors that there's bio labs in that country that we help fund, that possibly has to do with you know bio research, bio weapons, you know diseases, whatnot. But of course, when you talked about that before, you were con- considered a conspiracy nut. But then of course, recently within the past week and a half. It's been proven true. So, you know, what I'm, that's my whole point. We're not, you're not being told the whole story. You know, like I said, I, when I say all this, I mean no disrespect towards the people who have, the, tr- the innocent Ukrainians and Russian people who've been affected by this. I mean no disrespect whatsoever. But there's a reason why they, this administration and other NATO countries are pushing this hard. Why is it? You know, what's the rest of the story? And, you know, you can sit here and we can talk about, you know, well, we're going to we're going to sanction the hell out of out of out of Putin. You know, we're, we're going to stop buying oil from them. It's like, OK, you don't think Putin worked this out a number of years ago. You can you can take them off the SWIFT system for people who don't know what the SWIFT system is. Basically, look at, you know, Venmo in between countries. It's a way to, you know, transfer large sums of money, you know, back and forth. That's basically what it is. Kind of like how we, how Jason and I would use Venmo or Zelle to send money back and forth, you know, quickly, electronically. Right. But you've got all these other NATO countries such as Germany, you know, or whatnot that depend on Russia for all of their oil and natural gas. They've already said, we're not going to, we're not going to sanction Russia, we depend on them for our, our oil and natural gas. We're not going to do that. And we are still buying oil from Russia. Yet, where are these sanctions? You know, how, how is this going to affect, you know, I mean, all this does is it forces Russia, China, and Iran to a, alliance together. And, uh, there's, and there's, already, there's already talk of Saudi Arabia is talking to China and coming up with another payment system to which would possibly put an end to the petrodollar, which if this country uses the petrodollar, game over. Because that's the petrodollar and the, us being the reserve currency of the world is basically one of the, the main leg in the stool that has kept us propped up for years. And if we lose that, game over. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people – and that's that's something else that's not talked about. I mean – as far as the petrodollar is concerned, that was formed back in like the early seventies. I don't mean to be going on a rant, Jason. Yeah, you you, no, you after, went deep after, this time. <laughs> yeah, after after Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, you know, I think it was Kissinger, you know, went to Saudi Arabia and, and talked to talked to the Saudi Arabians and all their OPEC brethren, and was basically like, look, we protect you militarily, and we uh, protect your oil fields. And we give you supply you with weapons. Will you sell your oil in American dollars? And that was the deal that was made. So everybody that depended on the Middle East, or especially OPEC and the Saudi Arabia, to to purchase their energy, they had to purchase dollars first to then buy their energy, which hence the petrodollar was born. And um, which that's what's one of the main reasons why you know the dollar is the reserve currency of the world and is is the main currency that is is used to conduct business all over the world you know majority of currency is pegged to the dollar but if we lose that status that's it you know that's 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 our main bread and butter you know there's there's still you know there's a lot of people out there that don't know that they don't know that history but it's that type of system that type of fiat system that we've created since 1971 complete fiat system where our money is backed by nothing the only thing our money is backed by is debt. That's all it is. Like if Jason and I or whoever else out there listening, what keeps our economy going is, say, all of us going into debt. 
taking out loans, creating, that's what's creating, that's what's expanding the money supply. You know, I mean, it's an illusion, you know, it's, you know, and if that stopped, the economy would tank. That's why when you, you hear the Federal Reserve, they're, they're, they talk about that they're going to raise interest rates or whatnot. It's bullshit. You know, they may raise them like maybe a fraction of a percent, you know, or a fraction of a point. But that's all they can do because if they significantly rose the interest rates, America wouldn't be able to pay its bills and the economy would tank, which then would be systemic all around the world. And so when I've talked about in the past how during the housing crash of 2007, 2008, when they never fixed the problem, they just threw money at it, like giving an alcoholic more alcohol so they would just stay even and they wouldn't go through withdrawal. That's exactly what they did with this situation. They just threw money at it, made it worse, all this quantitative easing, and it just snowballed. And then when COVID happened and all these stimulus payments went out and all this money aside from what had been printed constantly since 2008 had compounded and then COVID it was, they printed even more. It just compounded exponentially and created, made the problem worse to swear it's like you have a leaky dam. It's like you have leaks in a dam before you know it, you're using all your fingers and then all your toes to plug up the leaks. But then sooner or later you run out of fingers and toes, but that water's going to keep coming. And it's only a matter of time before it cracks and just breaks through. And that's kind of where we're at. And because uh, one thing I've said before on this podcast that needs to scare people is if you think about all of the money that's been printed into circulation since, say, 1776, 41% of that was printed within the past two years. Yeah, that should be a wake-up call to everybody. I mean, if, if you want to know what causes inflation, I mean, yeah, what are the big buzzword now is like inflation. You know, the president wants to blame Putin. Bullshit. This inflation started way before this Ukrainian situation started. You, he can blame it on all he wants to, but, you know, it's he, he was a big factor in this. And plus, this was going on before he even came into office. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's that whole, you know, WWE thing. They just try to make the spotlight on something else, you know? That's all, oh, that's it's, all it's, it is, it's man. All about, it's all Moving the spotlight, man. Moving the spotlight. It's a shell game. Yeah, it's all about redirection. <laughs> the shell and, game. That should be the, name. Yeah, it's, that should it's, be the title of the show. Yeah, that's a good, it's, it, but it's, it's the truth. And I think, and when, and this is where, like, for instance, I'll use this as an example, like back in 2007 or 2006, 2007, when all of the gurus, financial gurus and the powers that be, whether it was on CNBC, you know, Fox business or whatever, trying to say, oh, housing market's fine. The prices are going to keep going up. Everything's fine. When they knew that it was going to tank, they knew. But you had people, other people like, say, Peter Schiff, Robert Kiyosaki, Jim Rickards, people like that, Jim Rogers, actual people that know about finance that were coming on saying, no, this is a shitstorm, and there's going to be a crash. And they were basically shunned off as like, yeah, whatever. Well, the other people, course, they didn't care because they were going to get bailouts anyway. What do they care? Everything, well, everything they said came true. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the same people that were sounding the alarms back then or sounding the alarms now and have been sounding those alarms ever since because we never corrected the problem. Like I said, people think that, oh, yeah, well, we bounced back. We didn't bounce back. We just covered it up by throwing more money at it. And people need to understand you can't print yourself out of prosperity. You know, you can't print yourself into prosperity. And, and, and it's just – it's I just hate seeing people blindsided, you know, because I saw – I remember – up close and personal what happened to people in 2008 i mean there were so many people out there that say retired that year that had a massive nest egg built up you know were cashing in on their mutual funds or their 401ks you know and their, or their pensions or whatnot and then this massive crash happened and they took a massive haircut and they couldn't retire and they're still working to this day and people need to think about that if they're relying on a pension a 401k a tsp or whatever, that just because it looks great right now, how how good is that going to look? If if because the next crash is going to be worse than the last because it's going to be different because there wasn't just one or two bubbles like there were last, like there was last time. There's this isn't everything bubble now. Whether it's the bond market, stock market, housing market, you know whatever. And people just need to pay close attention. You know that's I can't stress that enough. And I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. I can't even remember how I even delved down this fucking rabbit hole, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today today was your by far your longest rant, I think. 
But, but cool. no, I just, I just, but getting back to what I was saying, I'll just end it with this. Uh, just remember, what's being pushed as the official narrative is most likely not the whole story. So when it comes to Ukraine, there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. And I think within the next six, seven months, we're going to have a pretty big, probably revelation situation going on where I think a lot of things are going to come to light, especially with this, especially how all the people, all the powers that be that blocked and said that the Hunter laptop a year ago was Russian disinformation are the same people that are now saying it's legitimate. So I think the more stuff that starts to come out and the more people are exposed, the more people are going to start to see how the game's really played. And they need to see it because people need to get pissed off. They need to be pissed off because, I mean, let's be honest, and I'm not saying all these politicians, but a lot of these politicians for years have had their backdoor deals or good old boy, good old girl networks. And in my opinion, whether you like Trump or not, that's why they hated Trump, whether they were on the, the Democrat side or the Republican side. That's why they hated Trump because Trump wasn't part of their club. He wasn't part of their elite bullshit club. He, he had his own money. He wasn't bought. He wasn't paid for. And he wasn't going to put up with their shit, and he was going to expose them. And that's why, on both sides of the fence, they tried to get rid of it. That's my opinion. But, I mean, I'm also looking at the facts of the situation. You, know, you had a Russia hoax. It's not even up for debate anymore. It was a bullshit hoax. It was made up and wasted the, the taxpayers' money for three and a half years, whether it was dealing with the Mueller report or dealing with you know the impeachment process and why there aren't people sitting in jail right now who finance that whole situation, I'm still clueless, but it's not over yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens over the next six months to a year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Hey, uh, after that, after that's all done here, let's get over. Uh, I think we should wrap this thing up. What do you think? Yeah, man. Sorry to me know off on a tangent when I get going down that rabbit hole. Just keep, <laughs> yeah. You keep, keep, you just, keep trucking, I just, man. I just, I just keep repelling down that Man. <laughs> it's all good man it's all good well hey man just remember guys uh you, you know like we always say all the time you know do your own research don't just listen to us don't just listen to anybody turn off the fucking news and uh just do your own research on stuff that you're passionate about um and then you know obviously you can have your own opinion but always respect others in the same time um if you are someone that does drugs uh obviously you shouldn't be doing that to begin with but if you are make sure it's not late with stuff Based with anything, um, and uh, after that, man, let's get out of here, man. Season two, episode six in the books. What do you think? Yeah, and one more thing, just one more quick thing. Uh, Jason and I don't like living in in uh, echo chambers. You know, we love differences of opinion. That's what it's about, and that's that's okay. And you know, I, I don't like I've said before, and I, he said it too. We don't like people thinking the same way we do. We we like hearing differences of opinion. That's that's how it should be. So yeah, um, like he said, do your own research. You know, ask questions, and if you still don't understand it, ask more. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get out of here then. Uh, season two, episode six in the books. Bobby, you got one last call. Anything else? That's it, bro. All right, then let's get out of here, man. And we'll see you next week on Paramedics. Unscripted. Unscripted.